In this bonus episode of The Great Equalizer, we're taking a small break from our usual programming to discuss your child's digital footprint. We've been wondering how we as parents should be navigating social media and the world wide web with our children's privacy in mind. So I hit up social media specialist and digital law guru Emma Sadlia to get her take on social media safety. And we chat about how we might be parenting differently now that the law has been laid down. Hello. How are you? Yeah, man. I'm okay. Cool. Yeah. Busy so week? Busy week. Busy, busy, busy. Um... And this week started out with an, an interesting one, uh, but it ties into a couple of weeks ago when we chatted about the Momo issue mm-hmm. um, and screen time in general in an episode. Um, and right on the back of that scare, if I didn't know better, I'd uh, think that uh, it was too much of a coincidence. <laughs> uh, Emma Sadlia of the Digital Law Company was quite appropriately doing a public talk roadshow on parenting the screenager. Okay, and for those of our listeners, if you do not know, or maybe you do, but just to fill you in, Emma Sadlia is South Africa's leading expert on social media law. She's a founder and CEO of the Digital Law Company, which specializes in educating and advising corporates, employees, schools, parents, teachers, and universities on the legal, disciplinary, and reputational risks of social media. So as mentioned in our Momo episode, Emma is the co-author of Don't Film Yourself Having Sex and Other Legal Advice for the Age of Social Media. And we were pleased to find out she's also authored another book which came out in 2017, Selfies, Sects, and Smartphones, A Teenager's Online Survival Guide. So that's quite interesting. That was a tongue twister if I've heard one. (laughs) We reckon while our kids are not quite teenagers yet, which is what Sam and I thought, it would be great to touch base and inform ourselves and you, our listeners, on both these issues. So I took the opportunity to attend the Joburg leg of the roadshow and to pick Emma's brain on the legalities of it all. So Emma, you speak a lot about expectation of privacy and... um, A lot of our listeners are actually parents of toddlers. Now, here we had uh, parents of teenagers, but um, I want to know, as as parents of toddlers, how should we be managing posts about our kids? We do it from um, the scans, as early as the scans, and we basically post their lives before they have given us any consent. What do you have to say about that? So there's this lovely uh, portmanteau of a word called sharenting, which is parents who share a lot about their children. And there's some absurd statistic about how over, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's over 90% of children born in America today already have a digital footprint before they're born because of parents uh, posting pictures of them in utero, posting the pictures of the scans, or even just talking about the fact that this child is going to be born. In some instances, parents even opening social media accounts for the children before they're born, um, which is a case I've got ongoing at the moment where a woman who's three months pregnant has created an Instagram account uh, for her unborn child. So it's it's those kind of things that we're seeing. Presumably people are doing this uh, to to protect their kids and to have kind of control over their online presence. I think uh, it's twofold. Sometimes there is that. Um, I think that some of these social media companies that people are sharing on are unreliable platforms. You know, we've got to remember we're dealing with companies that give you a service for free and therefore don't owe you anything. So what 
is private today might not be private tomorrow. But there's no gold standard when it comes to sharing pictures of your children. I think if parents want to share pictures of their children, then that is a parenting decision. Um, and I think that the most important thing is to make sure that you have the most private account possible, uh, to check your settings, make sure that there's no random people who you don't know following you or who you're friends with on Facebook. I think it's got to be a private space. Um, I also think that you shouldn't be posting any embarrassing pictures of your children, any embarrassing content full stop. So even these mommy bloggers who post about their children and this terrible bout of diarrhea that they've had and how much they hate their children. And I mean, I, I say it flippantly, but you know, in, in that extreme moment, um, I think that's outrageous and shouldn't be allowed. Anything embarrassing, anything obscene, uh, certainly no naked pictures because as innocent as they seem to the parents, if they land up in the wrong hands, I'm afraid they can be misused. And I think if you take the decision that you don't want your child to have a digital footprint, then that is something that must be adhered to by other people. And you get to tell the godparents and the aunts and the uncles and the grandparents that your child doesn't uh, have a digital footprint and they've got to adhere to that. And how soon is too soon to be teaching your children about internet and the World Wide Web and social media? Um... Look, I think the longer you can keep your children protected from that place, the better. Um, the internet has no shallow end. Once they're online, they're online. And when we start talking about it, children are naturally inquisitive and inquiring and they want to know more. Uh, it's very difficult to keep children away from technology, I think. You know, we've seen the emergence of the iPad as a pacifier and I <laughs> try not to judge, but, but you know what the American Association of Psychiatrists is saying that, you know, certainly toddlers, uh, children under two should have absolutely no screen time, whatever. You know, the, the, ne the neuron development at that stage is just so dramatic and, and the impact that screen time is having on these kids' uh, brain development is, is, is immense. Um, so, so I think that parents need to start educating themselves about um, whether or not it's a good idea just to plop your child in front of a screen, uh, even if it buys you a few minutes' peace. Although, <laughs> conversely, I'd much rather you, a parent gets a few minutes' peace and then does a better parenting job the rest of the day <laughs> um, than lives in this completely screen-free world. So I think some of this is just about being practical But as then well. on the other side of that token, from very early on, they can actually be held accountable. So at what age could they be held, held accountable for their actions online for posting yeah, pics or so commenting? Or so, um, you know, I really strongly believe that smartphones should be banned for children under the age of 13. In South Africa, you know, most of the apps that are popular all have age restrictions of 13. There's a reason for those age restrictions, and that is because these platforms are just not appropriate uh, for children younger than that. They need to be savvy. They need to be robust. They are going to come across dodgy content. They are going to come across dodgy people, and they need to be able to uh, say no and <laughs> not engage with people and block people. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just quite a terrifying world out there and you've got to be quite you've got to be quite smart to be able to deal with it safely um, children in South Africa have criminal capacity that means the age that they can be arrested is 14 um, in some instances even younger so under the age of 10 there's no criminal capacity um, a, a child under the age of 10 cannot commit a criminal offense they cannot be arrested uh, from 14 they have full criminal capacity between the ages of 10 and 14 the law is not quite sure so they look at that child and they say how educated is that child and how mature is that child 
And, uh, you know, I think that probably from about 12, we're seeing children mm. having criminal capacity and being held accountable for what they're up to. Um, in terms of civil capacity, it's even younger. Civil capacity is when I can sue you or you can sue me, and that starts at the age of seven in South Africa. You still have to be cited in the name of a guardian or a parent, but in terms of being able to be sued, that starts at seven. That's, that's frightening. Okay, two quick questions from our listeners, and then I'll let you be. Um, how is the law in SA handling cyberbullying? How is that developing? You know, I think that there's going to be a great progress made when the cyber crimes bill is passed. It has a whole chapter dealing with malicious communications, which will um, enable victims of bullying to lay criminal charges. Um, at the moment, you can lay a charge of crimin injuria, which is when somebody seriously infringes your dignity. Um, and as I said, children have capacity from the age of 14, if not younger. So we're using that in the cyber bullying cases and quite effectively. And the other thing that is available uh, to, to children is the Protection from Harassment Act. If you are being stalked, threatened, harassed, um, you can get a protection order against that person, even as a child, from the magistrate's court. Um, and that is a very powerful uh, a tool in our arsenal in mm. fighting cyberbullying. Okay, last question. And that's, uh, parents asks, very worried, uh, should kids have Snapchat? Um, yeah, no, I don't think that there is such a thing as bad platforms so much as bad users <laughs> you know i think most of the mainstream apps are fine um i don't like any of the apps that say you can be anonymous so apps like qme or ask fm or yik yak um, and i don't like apps that say content is deleted so if a child is using snapchat as if the content is deleted that makes me very nervous mm. but provided you're using all these platforms in a way um, that you appreciate how public digital content is how permanent digital content is and um you know, if you wouldn't put it on a billboard, you don't let it exist in digital format, it doesn't matter what app you're using, then then uh, I'm happy with kids to be on most of the apps. Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's quite interesting. And that, I have to say, wasn't the crux of her talk. Like I said, the crux dealt with her book, Selfies, Sex, and, screen, uh, and, sex and Smartphones, sorry, Parenting Screenagers. And it's a book written for teenagers and giving them sort of a guideline into managing um, the online world, which is really not something that we had to deal with. I only had a smartphone when I was at Varsity. Mm. Um, so in terms of like Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and Yik Yak and all of these other things that she mentions, we had no idea about this. It was more um, like that's why, that's why we have... Uh, 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 SMS text, you mm. know, <laughs> we have, uh, we had limitations in terms of characters because it would cost money to send, it wouldn't cost data, it would cost like... Because yeah, it would go through as more than one message and each time a message gets delivered, you get charged. Yeah. So two rand goes off your account. So that's why instead of Y, writing it full out, you write the letter Y mm -hmm. and uh, tonight, like have a good night tonight. So you use the number two. And, and mix it. That mix oh it God, chat. mix that, it. <laughs> I was never on it. My Not youngest siblings were, but that also is what encouraged that, that language. Yeah, so that SMS language and all of that comes from our day when we were charged money ray back in the day when we were texting as teenagers he had to steal his mom's phone at three o'clock in the morning so we could carry on chatting because he his airtime had run out with wi-fi in our homes that doesn't happen anymore mm. things Data have bundles all of those exactly. things yeah things have developed 
at a rate that none of us were were prepared for. Mm. And now we're sitting as parents, um, firstly just inundated ourselves with uh, social media. So much information about Uh, all of these platforms. Exactly. And... It's intimidating. Um, we, very intimidating. And I think parents are doing one or the other. They're going, fuck it. <laughs> I'm, I'm mentioning my kid and my kid is on it and whatever. Mm. And you just kind of ball, balls to the wall and going for it. Or you put your head in the sand and you're like, you will not be on this until blah, blah, blah. And I just, I'm taking a very, as I do with parenting in general, hey guys, let's meet in the middle and Mm. let's be smart about this. I'm trying my best to educate myself in in all ways. And that, I feel, starts with your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. What frightens me, Charlene, is putting your kids online and starting their digital identity, creating a digital footprint for them before they are born. (laughs) I'm so ignorant when it comes to this (laughs) stuff, Sam. I'm like, okay, and then... (laughs) <laughs> I just think it's important to be aware. And a lot of people would, would go, oh, my God, and, like, delete everything of the like, – first of all, even if you go back and delete it now, it still exists in some form. Newsflash, Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram, all owned by the same company, Facebook. And uh, all of the content you put out, even in your private messages not to your husband, to you. doesn't belong to you. Mm. Private messages to your husband, Charlene, on WhatsApp, that belongs to WhatsApp. Whatever images you send him, that belongs to WhatsApp. It does not belong, belong to, to you. you. Mm. Best everybody knows that. Mm. This is what I'm saying is I'm not trying to scaremonger. I'm just trying to go, just be aware. But also, if you think about it, why before you download the WhatsApp app and you are able to start using it, do you have to agree to the terms and conditions? Oh, John, who reads those fucking terms and conditions? And you've agreed to them. So exactly. in those terms and conditions, it says in a very highfalutin legal terms yeah. that everything you post there does not belong to you, essentially. Exactly. And they and have the right to use it as their, or keep it as their data. Ugh, this is a whole long blah discussion. So w- <laughs> what I was saying, and then the case that Emma's uh, working on now with a mom that's created an Instagram account, and many, I know parents that have done this. I've opened a in, in private Instagram account for Elijah just so that People can keep up with him because I did it um, ironically because I wanted to keep him offline. I didn't want his digital footprint to be pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I created his own Instagram account only for friends and family. So because I felt like I had more control over Instagram than what I did over Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I instructed the grandparents specifically who are mad about my child for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> I instructed them like he will not be on Facebook. I don't want, I want him to choose when he wants to create his online identity. So um, please don't share pics of him online. Please don't. While my uh, father-in-law, who I love to bits, was the first to break that law, he um, posted uh, images of Elijah on Facebook and. Uh, still does not I think they do respect me in terms of not putting up pics every five seconds or every time they do see Elijah probably just profile pics has Elijah in or my mom did it on his first birthday or you know it's it's special occasions that they will post pics of Elijah so there is that respect I'm not saying they haven't respected my wishes 
but has he been eliminated from having a social identity online? Not at all. Not at all. He still has a footprint. So one day when he's 13 or a little bit younger or a little bit older, when he goes online, there will be evidence of him there. And you're not really convinced that this is an issue. No, I'm just thinking I'm looking at it probably from the wrong perspective because you're looking at it. I realize while you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, so why should the world care who Joshua Dylan Armstrong is? Why? So he's online. Who are the donors going to search him? But I'm assuming that he's not going to become some great, well-known person <laughs> that might become a journalist or someone of, you're looking at it from the right perspective because you're in, you're a journalist and you're in, you're I'm in, in the public eye. You're in the public eye with the work that you put out. Yeah. And so is Ray. And that's where your family comes from. And in my family, we're just not those people. We're just your average Joe. It gets better. It gets better. So um, when Facebook started, when I was, when it was on my radar, I think I joined in 2007. Uh, so maybe three years after it, um, you know, came to light. Um, I joined and I was at Varsity. And not that I, I really should have hung out much more in pubs and at the square. I went to Tux. So I really should have been hanging out more in Hatfield a lot more than I was. We've already established what a dork I, <laughs> I am. Um, I should have been partying a lot more, uh, but I wasn't. However, there are still pics of me with a drink in hand or I still hung out with my friends and we partied as university students do. Um, but I was a leader at my church. Mm. I ran the youth church with Ray together. And uh, I had a lot of the youth on Facebook as my friends. And mm. I instructed my friends at the time, do not tag me, please, in any photos at the square because then I'm going to have to explain myself. Not mm -hmm. that drinking is a sin, not that, but that they see me in that light. And I was very aware from that age that I didn't want to be perceived as a certain way. There's also something taken out of context. It could, it could look bad and it might not be at all what it was. You might be out with a bunch of people drinking and you might not even have had one drink that night. Yeah. So now imagine... Whatever was in your hand was probably a glass of water that could be gin and tonic. Because but it's everybody around me is pissed as can be mm -hmm. and I'm associated with them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is what is happening with social media law. Mm. Um, if you're associated with that person and you don't explicitly say in writing that you have nothing to do with these people, you can be held liable and be lumped together with that group. I won't mm -hmm. go into the nitty gritties of that law, but that's how it works. So now what I'm saying is we, no, our parents didn't have access to social media when we were in utero and two, three, four years old. Uh, we only started our digital footprint when we joined Facebook, when we joined Instagram, when we got onto Twitter, when we got onto WhatsApp. Our kids have a very different way of looking at things. So mm. they have no choice at this stage mm. whether or not they can have a digital footprint. They have one mm. regardless because how many of you, dear listeners, actually don't mention at all that you're pregnant, about to have a child, have had a child, what your child's name is, when the due date is, when you actually gave birth, all of that's online. 
that's mm, true. I also just have to say from this interview that I, I'm just taking my own takeaways here and my own na- notes. We don't, with this episode or take on this, want to be prophets of doom. No, um, absolutely not. We don't want to talk about all the negative things or scare the daylights out of people or even instill any kind of additional mom or parenting guilt because there's just enough of that going on. So our philosophy remains hashtag no judges. Yeah. But what we did take from this is we're not judging, but we want to be informed. Absolutely. So, yeah. and, and I mean, to be ignorant in today's day and age, you cannot afford to. I'm ignorant when it comes to these things. And I'm realizing just in having this discussion with you how ignorant I am. Am I going to feel guilty about the choices I've made thus far? I've always been mindful of, yes, my kid has a digital footprint. It's never bugged me that he has a digital footprint. And I don't think the stuff that I have posted will bug me in future at all. Um, I also don't think even if even if one of my kids become like a judge in the Supreme Court or whatever it is, it would... Um, uh, paint them in a bad light. Would reflect badly on reflect, them whatsoever. Reflect yeah. badly on them whatsoever. And so something also has to be said. You toe a fine line with these things often because you like living in South Africa. There's lots of crime, whatever. I, my brother lives in another country. They're very safe and guarded and, and protected there, and that was their choice to immigrate. But they look at us here now and they're like, I don't know how you live like that. How do you, this is a completely mm. different topic, but I'm trying to draw synergy or use it as an example because I'm saying I don't want to live my life in fear. I still want to be able to visually document big milestones and exciting things and how wonderful that I can do that on a digital platform for family that is overseas and, and, and. So what I'm trying to say to our listeners is we want to help ourselves and you, our listeners and our friends, to be more aware of what our social media and online choices can do to our future and our children's future and also how you can still enjoy those the wonder that is social media. I mean, it's a wonderful phenomenon. I mean, we're still on it, yes. right? <laughs> and I mean, I'm not going to stop being no. on it. But there's no way we can. It's part of our identities It's part now. of our lives and it's such a wonderful thing. That's why it was developed and I think that it is wonderful that the world is growing in this way. It's positive. But unfortunately, with anything that grows at quite a rapid pace and that is nothing is controllable and that's why in today's day and age things spiral out of control so quickly with everything you will learn that there have to be parameters within what you are doing or with how you navigate these things and exactly like she said in her interview there are no bad platforms there's just bad users and that's such a she believes that and I think that's such a nice no really good way to put I it think that's so a don't don't take your kid off of snapchat because snapchat purports to delete the um, information you put out there or the pictures or the images or the videos that you put out there purports to delete it within a minute of it going up so whoever sees it sees it at that point i'm not mm-hmm. on snapchat but this is how i believe it happens um it stay it is there in some other data format and mm-hmm. somebody can access it mm-hmm. which is scary mm-hmm. but it's not scary if you know that and if you use that billboard parameter that that gauge that she 
um, mansions, yes. if you're not willing, even Snapchat, even something that is temporary and or anonymous, yes. um, such as on the other platforms that she mentioned, always assume that it's never anonymous and it's never temporary. So are you going to put it on a, pla- on a huge billboard at a very popular intersection in peak hour traffic? Are you going to put that baby scan up mm-hmm. and show people that baby scan or show people that image of, of you and your husband or, and or partner um, in the delivery room with your brand new baby, the first picture that's up? Are you going to show that picture and announce the birth in that busy intersection? And if you still will, if you still feel... Then that, go for it. Then that is fine. We, yeah. we are not here to judge. And I, I know in her interview she says, I don't believe that that is right or should be happening. Or again, that's from her perspective. Or not that, not that in, in particular. More um, things about your kids that are yes. perhaps embarrassing. Yes, yes. Uh, sorry, I meant to say that she made a strong statement about when you asked her one of the questions that she doesn't believe that that should be happening. Sure. And related to this particular topic or having it up on the billboard but I don't want our listeners to feel at all like we're saying this is good and that is bad and if you don't do it this way then you're wrong and you should feel no, no. guilty once again if it works for your family yes then go for it Quite but a, just understand no. yeah. the limitations the parameters that there are security settings on all of your all of your profiles that use you, them that use them use them it's so all of my and that's actually something interesting that I must mention to Rick because my social media uh, profiles are private. The, the ones that are for business, they are obviously public. But my social media ones are quite private. Um, I have those settings where you can't really search for me or find me. And if someone else tags me in something, I, I have to give them permission to tag me. All of those things on my social personal social media. Reds is not. I've changed my settings because I know that I put my children on my social media. I always, I won't take pictures of them with poo or strange things that that or with or naked in the bath. That yes, if ever I have posted a picture of them doing something funny or whatever, I I do like without a shirt or whatever. I cover areas with a stamp or a picture or a cartoon something, or a yeah. whatever so that their genitals are not being shown um and just because the world is sick and there are terrible awful disgusting people out there who my kids photo might land up in the hands of a child trafficker and they might be watching me and they might kidnap him and they oh, sold him it sold him on the basis of the size of his penis <laughs> i don't know it sounds ridiculously far-fetched but i mean you never fucking know this is the thing and again we don't want to <laughs> live in fear so in order for me in my household to not live in fear i that is what you do to make yourself i know i'm not going to stop posting f- pictures of my kids yeah. this is me documenting their life and I feel that it is part of the journey it makes me feel good about it I I, I have baby albums I didn't do them everything is on Facebook social media Facebook is your baby album exactly so and then I feel guilty about not doing the albums in long story <laughs> court vicious cycle but I'm not going to stop putting them on Facebook but I am going to choose how I do it Red's profiles are public anybody can search him he gets random friend requests all the time he's like who's this person Except this person. <laughs> Except, yeah. And if you that's fine for you. But if our kids are on there, we need to change that. Yeah. So it's a discussion as parents exactly. that we should be having. Exactly. Good point. And good, are we in point. agreement on that? Because, mm. like with parenting, are we on the same page as far as parenting is concerned? For the most part, we we might 
be on the same page, but in other areas we might disagree. And the same goes for social media and your child, your child's online footprint and what you put out there. Okay, so um, speaking of red, I put I put out a question when I was at Emma's talk um, earlier this week, and um, asked, "Is there anything you want to ask?" Emma and Red asked something that wasn't particularly in the law sphere, but it got me thinking that this is definitely something in this line that we should be considering as parents. Here is this question verbatim. How do you prepare yourself and your child's relationship in the early years to assure yourself the best chance of them being open and honest about issues that will befall them in the teenage years? So you tell me you guys have this discussion all the time. So it's quite a broad discussion and we haven't gotten to the answer yet. But And we have it from time to time about different topics. This is quite a blanket question or blanket statement. But like with exposure to drugs, exposure to what your peers are doing, exposure to all sorts of things, exposure to social media comes falls within this mm. uh, question because whatever happens there first of all if you if i believe if we were going to make social media or an online presence or exposure to any kind of technology or social media a taboo like with partying drinking smoking whatever it is or sex or whatever it is if we make it a taboo guaranteed there will not be a platform for your child to be able to talk to you about it so i don't have the answer and we always we always end up with yeah yes it's so difficult <laughs> that's, that's end of discussion that's <laughs> like legit the solution or the answer we always we go like around round 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 and we always it end up so like, what do you do and then we and then i'm like yeah but what about this and what about that so we don't have the answer to this question the truth of the matter is we're winging it but what we are trying to do is openness and communication i think that's the bottom line charlene with anything i'm a little bit excited and a little bit terrified at the prospect that we are of the first generation of parents having to deal with this shit this is true because also this is uncharted territory absolutely and so we're just blindly navigating this and trying to figure out our asses from our elbows but luckily we have people like emma who can shed some light absolutely i'm so i'm looking at my brother and sister-in-law who are 10 years mine and ray senior who have teenagers themselves i'm looking at my beautiful nieces and i feel desperately sorry for them at the pressure Hmm. and having to navigate the world of social media as a teenager. High school was hard enough, enough yo. Because kids are mean. Awful. Now and you have to deal with all of this. the pressure to perform. As moms, mm. we have a pressure to perform and among like, other moms. Like Emma mentions, the, those mommy bloggers, there's, there's pressure in what you see, these perfectly curated lifestyles. Yeah. So now imagine, and at least we have the... Uh, Foresight of hindsight, right? Yes. (laughs) Or life experience. Yeah. So often I look at Instagram today with my peers and go, my God, is this high school all over again, guys? Exactly. Unfollow. However, I'm not going through high school for the first time. My poor nieces are. My, uh, My unfortunate son will be going through high school for the first time with social media. It's Hard. And we at least have the EQ or the emotional experiences and even general life experience to filter through the bullshit. Yeah. But when you're that teenager or that kid in that life, it feels like this is your whole world. And so I can only hope 
and Retna, part of this question that he posed, we can only hope that if we have these types of frank discussions with our children as they grow older and really make it make our household an area where we can explore. Yes, there will always be boundaries. We're the parents, you're the kids, there will be rules, that's life. But have it as open and honest and try and encourage them to be able to share us, share with us anything, no matter how bad it might be. I always say to Rhett, I don't care. I do care if you murder someone, but... If but you, you won't love him any less. If you happen to murder someone, I'm going to need you to just give me the lowdown on all the details so that we can put together a plan of action of how we're going to deal with this. Yeah. So, yes, I'm going to be angry because this changes our lives. I'm going to be super irritated that you're probably going to have to freaking go to prison and I'm going to be stuck with the kids by myself. But the <laughs> truth of the matter is we will get through it. We just need to know all the elements of what has gone down. Yeah. And so I'm hoping I can encourage my kids as well. If anything happens on social media ever whether it be in social media or at school or whatever, I'm hoping they can just communicate with me. I want to encourage openness and communication and also educate them, yeah. help them understand the risks of, of and, and actions have consequences. And so I think in education and then also understanding you can communicate and feeling a place of safety where you can put your glass down and be open Hopefully all of those things work together and we can solve the problems. I think bottom line, right? No taboos in your household. This right? is this is my take on it. Yeah. But I can't I'm trying speak. to open my mind. I can't speak for everyone yeah. because there are people from different walks of life, different religions, different cultural backgrounds, and different rules apply for them. Yeah. So in certain cultures there are taboos, and in search, certain certain households, there will be, taboos will be part of life. That again, that being said, that is life because we encounter different cultures and different people from all walks of life every day. So again, I'm gonna have to teach my children that even though in our household there aren't taboos, just be aware, understand and respect that in other walks of life there are. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, we are educating our kids about sex, we've said this before, mm -hmm. like we are educating them about stranger danger and no means no, body autonomy, in the same way, and Emma mentioned this in her talk, and she brought up a, a slideshow of um, texts from a girl to a boy who asked her for nudie pics, mm -hmm. and she just said no. And he said, oh, please, and she acted dumb. Um, he asked for a picture of her P word. <laughs> And she put a picture of a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, ha ha, you know what I mean. And she just said, no. She's a 12-year-old girl. Frightening. Sure. Frightening. They, guys, if you can attend one of Emmett's talks, go for it. because It's very insightful. It is very insightful. Like I said, we're not dealing with teenagers. but We're going to get there. We're going to get there. So what was interesting for me to comprehend is, sure, just like I was taught by my mom, Sam, when you're at a party and a boy does something that you're not comfortable with, no means no. Same thing mm. on WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Um, but first, I think parents need to be informing themselves. Mm -hmm. You need to know. If you don't know Instagram, if you don't know Snapchat, I don't really know Snapchat, but I know the basic tenets behind it. And you can be damn sure that if Elijah gets a cell phone at 13 
We'll probably have one before, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, but this gets, is the Herb's household. Let's just be <laughs> real. The technologically savvy Herb's household. He's already got a fucking cell phone. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, when Elijah forays into the world of social media, you can be damn sure I'm going to know, I'm going to do my damnedest to know what particular apps he's on. Not be that nosy, pain in the ass parent, but just educate myself around that. And that's what I want to urge our listeners. There are no judges. You have your own taboos if you want in your household. You have your own rules if you want in your household. Just be informed because you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Exactly. You don't know what you don't know. Um, also, another thing. Be aware that cyberbullying today is as bad as physical bullying is. That is it. Cyberbullying, it is such an insane it's concept. Crazy. For, it's so scary. It is to so me. scary. <laughs> and it happens on the daily. Also, the fact that she said um, your right, your civil rights, so you can be sued or you can sue from the age of seven. Seven. So if your kid is somehow online on WhatsApp or says something or posts a video or does something, to bully or offend or um, impinge on someone else's right at the age of seven. They can be sued. They can be held liable for that statement. Just on that note, and this is a side note, I haven't actually mentioned it to you. Just this week on the radio, I was listening to an interview with parents of a child who was um, uh, sexually abused by a teacher who was found guilty and um, I think he was sentenced but um, didn't actually serve time. Um, That... uh, sex offender, the teacher, has now, I'm, I'm not sure of the name, so I don't want to mention them, um, has now published a book and has been promoting this book and his innocence on social media and um, on the radio. And he was on an, a radio interview with uh, Radio Jacaranda talking about this book that's being published and, and, and basically stating that he was innocent and it wasn't uh, the way they made it out to be. And in this book, you will read more about the truth and, and, and obviously trying to get the book sales up and sure. so on. Yeah. He is, they are taking legal action against him now, the child who is now an adult and whose parents at the time um, took legal action against him for the sexual offense against their child. They are now taking legal action against him him again have had all those books revoked from all the stores that it was being sold in um not allowed to post anything uh, punting this book or anything on social media because the act itself is um uh, i suppose a, an offense or a criminal offense against the victim who was their child years ago mm. and so just it's a very long story i'm not giving all the details properly but what i'm trying to say is the repercussions of these actions you don't understand how that was an incident from many years ago you would imagine it was dealt with and handled but it is resurfacing now in social media this oak is claiming his innocence and using social media to benefit from the proceeds of the sale of this book but he was found guilty and had a victim. Mm. And so there are legal ramifications and you cannot get away from it. You have to be careful and you have as a your civil rights. It is that child and that person's civil right yeah. to sue this individual for so what he's doing. So know your civil rights, know your civil duties, mm. know what you or your child can be liable for 
and uh, just know your be savvy, guys. Mm. Savvy. Yeah. If I could recommend anything, it's to um, get Emma's books. Uh, the latest one being selfies, sects, and smartphones. Um, yes, it's written as a guideline for teenagers, but guys, not going to hurt to get yourself a copy. Exactly. Seriously. Exactly. As always, we always want to carry on this discussion. So if you want, please DM us a voice note on Instagram at the Great Equalizer Podcast, or you can record one of your own um, on your phone and hit us uh, hit us up over email at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail. Guys, your support is super important to us. You have no idea how much every like, love, comment, share means to us. Please, really. please, we do not take it for granted. Um, if also you could review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Facebook, it just tells us that you see us and you know what we're doing and you are in support of what we're doing. It tells us we're on the right path. It also know, helps us know what you're looking for in terms of content from us. Otherwise, we're just going to keep blabbering on about what interests us. Exactly. <laughs> and the more we're seen and this podcast is seen, the more we can do and serve you and be better for you. So guys, that's it for this week. Until next time, keep, keep your, your mom game strong. today's show please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on instagram at the great equalizer podcast or on facebook if you want something a little more personal email us at thegreatequalizer.za@gmail.com, and we'll get back to you